Um, we're not activists, but we have something to say. You're listening to Sounds of Wahala, a bi-weekly podcast where we discuss activism and music. Join us as we sit down with musicians to discuss how their socio-political landscape shapes their music and creative process. I'm your host, Tiwa Odugoya. Yeah, so um, our band's name is Funeral Lakes and our latest release is called Golden Season. Okay. Um, and have you made um, much more music prior to this release, by the way? So we have um, one other release, um, our debut album, which came out last year. And that one's self-titled. It's called Funeral Lakes. Okay. Where did you meet? How did you kind of form the band? Um, and how did you decide that you wanted to work with each other musically? Uh, yes, yeah, so we met at university. Uh, we lived down the hall from one another. And... Um, we got together, we've been together for uh, a little over five years now, but this project started, I guess, back in 2018 is when we kind of started writing a lot of these songs and um, sort of teaching ourselves the recording process. Um, it was a time we were both out of university at that point and working jobs and um, I was in politics and kind of processing a lot of things and deciding whether or not I wanted to stay or leave and uh, that kind of worked its way into a lot of that first release. this idea of the golden season it's like this period of transition and change um so sort of like everything is it's it's like kind of hopeful at the same time as it is like um like desolate and like everything's kind of being destroyed but then at the same time there's hope for something new to come out of that I'd say it's kind of um, it's like a continuation of our last album and in, in a lot of ways thematically but I think it's also sort of a departure and like a lot of the sounds and the style and it's um, just even like the way we recorded it it's, it's a lot more present and, and bigger sounding I think yeah and it's like more upbeat in a way and like but also like very frantic and urgent What inspired you to write that song um, and how did it come to be? Yeah, this song, it's had a long life. Um, like the earliest version of it was from like five years ago. Um, like the first version I, I wrote, I was in school and I had this lecture sort of that was really bleak and talking about how the future's not looking so great. Um, and I came back and I was talking to some friends and roommates and they were kind of like, oh, like, that's absurd we'll we'll never see that in our lifetime like you know calm down relax that sort of thing um so that resulted in the first version of the song that um the only thing left over from that is, is the chorus the earth falls and then begins again our homes all on fire again um but then that demo was just kind of sitting around and then sam and i picked it up and thought you know there's maybe something there and kind of started reworking it a bit and added in some new 
thoughts and sort of observations from more recent time. Earth falls and then begins again. to experience eco-anxiety to think that you know the space that you're living in doesn't have longevity or it's going to change because of external forces what does it feel like and how does it manifest itself in your kind of mental health and your physical yeah I think well we're both 25 so like we're trying to like plan for the future and it makes everything harder because we don't really know what the world's gonna look like 10, 20, 30 years from now. So I think just like this feeling of like, okay, well, this is what we should be doing right now in this phase of our lives, but it's so hard to get motivated when we don't know what the future holds. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's like difficult sometimes to voice these thoughts and feelings. And that's why music has been like a really nice place for us to put some of that emotion. Because prior to this project, I think we were coping with these thoughts and feelings in a much more unhealthy way. So I think this is, I don't know if useful, but just somewhere to put those feelings. Are you um, inspired or kind of part of any um, of the youth movements that we see? You've got the pro- the Friday protests, for example, in schools. Are you part of those spaces? Um, I, I don't know if in like a, a formal sense that we're, um, you know, we're not community organizers or anything like that, but we, we show up and, and support a lot of these groups when we can. Um, the situation in Canada, I mean, Indigenous folks have been on the forefront of these conversations for quite a while. And uh, I'd say more so recently, in the last number of years, there's been a lot more allyship and um, settler Canadians kind of coming forward and supporting these movements. So I think there's a, a hugely different atmosphere that exists now than, you know, five years ago or, or, or that. We are the warriors. Uh, which is uh, Eternal Return. And I understand that it's like, it was a particular um, event that happened in Canada and that inspired the, this song as well. So please let me know what that event was um, and how it affected you and your community. Yeah, so this one, it's uh, like the sort of theme it's getting at is um, petro-nationalism, which is uh, a huge part of the sort of Canadian identity. Um, and what we've seen in the last couple of years, especially is uh, concerning pipeline battles and uh, the issue of indigenous sovereignty. Um, but more particular, what we're getting at is the sort of story behind these like boom and bust cycles and, and politicians promising uh, a future that, that doesn't really ever come around and, and won't be coming around anytime soon. Um, and that's what the title itself is, is kind of playing at eternal return. We've 
sort of conditioned ourselves in Canada to believe that as a resource, uh, you know, dependent country that that's our future, that's our past, that's what we're always going to be, and and um, it's never going to go away. But what we're seeing now is, is um, the future is changing, and you know, oil isn't what it used to be, and uh, it's unfortunate because there's a number of events that, that played out, um, you know, like the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion and the Coastal Gasoline Pipeline. Um, these are events where land and water defenders stood up um, for sovereignty first and foremost, and for the environment. And what we saw is politicians respond with, you know, threats of violence and encouraging you know, mobs to, to attack these peaceful folks. And um, I think what we were trying to get at with that song is kind of like some of the emotions wrapped up in, in what these politicians are promising and what individuals are uh, expecting because of those promises. And uh, it kind of takes you on like the song itself, it starts off a bit slower and kind of painting a bit of a picture. And then by the time it gets to the end and, and picks up, it's supposed to have led you to a point where you're, you're also angry that this is uh, something that politicians have promised and it's not as it seems. And, you know, maybe what you're hearing and seeing isn't necessarily what the truth is. And it's okay to, uh, to call that out and, and call it what it is. Usually when we have these discussions, there's usually an urban versus country mentality and people that live in the city don't tend to empathise with the challenges facing with the challenges that Indigenous groups face. Maybe talk me through how people get involved or how people have got involved in that fight um, that are not necessarily from those communities. Well, I think it has a lot to do, like recently especially, is, is um, like goals aligning, like protecting the environment first and foremost is, is something that's on a lot of people's agendas now. And um, there's that whole, you know, stronger together kind of thing. So like groups like Friday for the Future in, in Canada and 350, like there's a big commitment to respecting Indigenous sovereignty and rights because through that you can protect the environment and have a healthier future ahead of us. Um, it wasn't always that way, but lately I think there's been a connection made that's really important. And, uh, you know, there's still a ways to go, but it's, I think, heading in the right direction at least. Yeah, I agree. And I think like a lot of, I mean, like our current government um, under Justin Trudeau, like made all these commitments about combating climate change. And then that same government went on to purchase the Trans Mountain Pipeline. So I think people were really upset about that. Um, and yeah, it kind of amounted to this solidarity that we're seeing now among people who are fighting for Indigenous land rights, and then also fighting for to protect the environment from this pipeline expansion that is totally counter to all of the goals to, to fighting climate change. So. so it seems that the government going back on their word was actually a catalyst for change. Perhaps if we didn't, if it didn't happen in that way, we would have observed much slower progress. Yeah, 100%. And like when I, before I got in pol involved in politics, um, we had 10 years of a conservative government under this guy named Stephen Harper, who you know, denied our 
colonial present in history and uh, loved pipelines and didn't respect sovereignty. And then along came Justin Trudeau as this new youthful kind of figure and uh, him and his team did a, a great job of connecting with a lot of grassroots organizations and groups and kind of said, you know, what's your wish list and put together a really great platform that just never really uh, manifested and, and didn't come to be. And uh, now we're kind of seeing uh, a lot more people being you know, rightfully upset with those false promises and kind of asking, you know, where are these things that you were, were promising and haven't come about. I can see that you've used your platform, your musical platform, in a really positive way to support this um, movement. So um, maybe tell me about uh, the your pull together fundraising campaign and and how that came to be, and what your hopes were or what your hopes are for that campaign. Um, yeah. So so that particular campaign is. Um, raising funds to support the First Nations who launched the legal challenge um, against the government um, to, to fight the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. So, so yeah, so we were really upset about that. Um, like Chris was saying, because he worked on, in politics on a personal level, that was something that was really kind of close to our hearts and, and it was really important to us to in some way do something about it. And so... Yeah, that was the community I grew up in and we were living in at the time. Um, so it was you know, really front of mind for a lot of people in that area. Um, and I think like when we wrote this music, it was kind of like a cathartic experience just to kind of put these thoughts and, and words down. And we weren't really sure what we were going to do with the music. And we put out like a couple of singles, not really expecting anything. And there was some really positive reactions and, and thoughtful messages we received. So I think with that first release, we just kind of wanted to do something like bigger than just putting it out for ourselves. It, it felt like maybe we could do something a little more meaningful with it. And I know that sounds like lofty, but um, I don't know. Raven Trust is a really great organization and they've been so supportive and positive. So it felt really nice to support the various nations that were sort of fighting this really monstrosity of a, a project that's going to affect a, a lot of people. And just to reiterate, what exactly was is the initiative, the fundraising initiative that you did? Okay, yeah, uh, so it's the Pull Together campaign, uh, which was organized by Raven Trust. Um, so they're a not-profit that raises uh, funds for legal challenges for different uh, First Nations in Canada that are, are fighting uh, generally resource extraction projects. Um, 
so the pull together campaign specifically was to raise money to uh, have uh, various legal challenges against the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion, which is uh, a big pipeline that uh, brings the diluted bitumen from the Alberta tar sands to uh, what would be Burnaby, Vancouver, uh, to put into tankers to get out to the global market. Yeah. And I'll just add, so with the, when we released our first album, uh, we decided anyone who purchased it digitally, um, yeah, so we, we just donated everything um, from all the proceeds that we made digitally from the first album went toward that campaign. Excellent. And on that topic, um, do you think, was it, was it, um, obviously this is a situation that is close to your hearts and it was very current, but do you feel that um, that's sustainable to um, donate your proceeds towards charities or do you see your music as, do you see activism and the commercial as separate um, beings or entities in your careers or are they, do you want them to be more intertwined? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we are constantly talking about and struggling. It's it's not feasible to, you know, donate everything every time. And we've supported other causes in, in different ways than just giving money, and, you know, be it time or support. So I think that's something we'll always be mindful of moving forward. But this past release, we just put out on Bandcamp and people could support it if they want. But we make our music like very available. So you never really need to pay for it if you don't want to. But um, I don't know. We'll, I think, just kind of see how it goes moving forward. And But I don't see us ever you know, stopping supporting different causes and whatever that looks like. genre that is a, there's a massive switch between you know the first two songs and the final songs so it's a bit it's got way more of a punk influence it's a bit more um confrontational tell me about your influences or who inspires you musically to create and how has punk music inspired you to create musically but also your, in your activism well i guess like growing up punk music was such a huge inspiration for myself. Um, like a band like Anti-Flag, for example, I was listening as like a young kid and being like, oh, what's this imperialism stuff? Like, I'm gonna go learn about that. And coming from Vancouver, there was a really healthy punk rock scene and, and especially historically, like growing up, you know, Joey Shithead from DOA was the baseball coach I played against. So it was like, these are my heroes and I was seeing them in my community and neighborhood. And these are people I looked up to and, and really admired. And it was pretty special to, to have that. And, you know, like a band like the Subhumans had a huge impact on me as, as a kid and thinking about, you know, what is colonialism and, and what is austerity and, you know, what does that mean for the Canadian state? So I think, I mean, music, I don't necessarily see as like a be all end all to something like activism, for example, but I think it's an incredible like, rallying point where people can come together and, and be exposed to a new concept or idea and then take that further in, in their own time if they wish. Yeah, so Chris kind of like introduced me to a lot of 
um, like punk music. And um, I especially got kind of interested in more feminist punk music, um, like the Riot Girl kind of uh, era and subculture, Bikini Kill. And so I think that was a huge influence um, for this song to try to kind of um, like embed all those emotions and um, political themes and especially like thinking about toxic masculinity as something that is embedded in all of what we talk about and like the heteropatriarchy it's kind of all at the root of of all of this and and so that was that was definitely the the main inspiration for for power to do you think is the most effective or the most optimum way to kind of bring about a change? Do you think slow and subtle is the best approach or an ideal approach versus something that's loud and disruptive, you know, those kind of protests or those kind of actions? What, what do you think about that kind of conflict? Yeah, I mean, I think both are useful in different ways. Like, as much as I listened to punk growing up, folk rock was like a huge influence too. Like someone like Buffy St. Marie, I think is like the gold standard of, you know, an incredible songwriter who's enacted so much change and, and brought about so much positivity. Um, and I think what a lot of like punk rockers sort of struggle with, with the folk scene is like, you know, seeing them as kind of talking a big talk, but maybe not taking the same kind of action, which is not always the case, but, um, and I think that's kind of like with our band, we don't necessarily want to just fit into like one genre. We, what we're trying to express usually comes before whatever the musical style is. So with a song like Power Trip, I think we were trying to match what the vocals were, were saying, what the message was with like the sonic elements. So it sped up a lot and, and took on a sort of more gnarly approach. Whereas, um, say Eternal Return, it, it's a little more folk rocky and, and, and easy listening at first, and then it, it kind of takes off in a different way. So yeah, I think just kind of serving the song is, is important to us as well. Yeah, I, I think it also speaks to different people. Um, so I think, yeah, it's kind of fun to, to try different things and see how different people react to different songs. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like so many different emotions go into the song. So sometimes when we're feeling kind of sad and dejected about something, then it comes out a bit more folky. Whereas like when we're feeling really angry, then it comes out a bit more punk. Yeah. And then like, how does that reflect itself in the real, in like everyday life with different versions of in, like, for example, a loud, a loud version of activism could be a protest. It could be some kind of march whilst a slow or subtle version of activism could be letter writing or like, so, like sewing messages on handkerchiefs, for example. Do you think that, what is your opinion on that? What's your, what's your opinion on different ways of kind of manifesting your, your desire to change? Right, I mean, I think there's merits to both. Like we saw in, in Canada, direct action, it, it worked. It, you know, you shut down rail lines, you shut down highways, you, you know, cripple an economy, it, it, it forces people to the table and they, they have to talk and they have to listen. Um, whereas like a letter writing campaign, you know, it has its merits too. You can 
get someone's attention. But I think maybe where things have shifted recently is, is we're running out of time in terms of addressing a lot of these problems and direct action offers a more direct way of, of dealing with these things and addressing these things. So um, I think finding you know what works for you and, and following that, it's, it's definitely valid. So some of the lyrics, as I said, were quite confrontational and you're speaking to somebody. So you're saying things like, erase me, berate me. Who are you speaking to? Um, I don't know if, do you want to answer that? I feel <laughs> like I maybe don't want to answer that question because okay. I like the idea of it being a bit universal. Like yeah. maybe people are speaking to someone like more personal to them when they listen yeah. to it. anyone I mean I think mm -hmm. it's really about um kind of rising up against some kind of authority figure yeah people who are like speaking with authority who maybe shouldn't be and who are talking over you who, who shouldn't be and sort of uh addressing that Everybody and the listeners where they can find you where they can learn more about you and what's next in store for you from you um we don't have like any physical we don't we don't make cds or, or records or anything like that so we're just uh, we exist digitally so we're on uh, Bandcamp. it's the best place to go for uh like high quality and that but uh we're on pretty much every streaming service youtube that sort of thing um currently we're working on an ep we have so for about a month now um it's probably going to be out sometime in the spring. Um, and we're both in grad school right now and uh, working on sort of different projects. But uh, one of them is, is more of a, a musical project that will be out sometime next year, probably. And what about your social media handles? Um, yeah, so just it's Funeral Lakes, all one word on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. Thank you for listening to Sounds of Wahala. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sounds of Wahala podcast. We'll be back in two weeks time. I've been your host, Tiwa Odukoya. <laughs>